You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew 14 as I get my trusted iPad uh, rocking and rolling. If you're new in the place today, we're so glad that you're here. And I'm going to invite you to take, take me up on my challenge. And even if you're watching online, I know there's some of you who are thinking about coming and visiting. I invite you to take three. Take, take three. If you come to Hope for Today, give it two more visits after that first initial visit because there's so much to explore and to take in when you go to somewhere new, people to meet, to engage in conversation, and you have a place here at um, HFT. Before I get into today's message, I hope that you've had an opportunity to go to our uh, revamped website, holdfortodaychurch.org. It's completely revamped. It's more intuitive. Uh, technology continues to update itself, and it is wonderful when that comes in cycles so that you can have just a site that is much easier to navigate and interact with, and it's a tool for you. Not just a place where you can get information and calendar events, but it's a tool in your arsenal, so to speak, as you go and you minister to people. Perhaps you meet someone along the road or in the coffee shop, wherever you may be, and you may come to find that God has put on their heart for them to serve, and they may have a gifting and ability that they want to express, but they haven't been able to express it somewhere. And so you can say, hey, I don't, I don't know if this might be God putting this on your heart, but why don't you go to our website, slash next steps, and you can see where you may want to plug in because there is a place for you. Uh, and so we're going to keep that tucked away uh, in the back of our minds here as we embark on a new journey together and a journey of understanding our next steps. Our next steps as individuals and collective members of the household of faith. You know, I don't have to tell you that life is full of steps. Steps forward. You know, a lot of us may have those Fitbits or Apple Watches and you're counting your steps. How many steps did I take today? Life is full of these steps. And as Christians, we are called scripturally to be joyful in those next steps, even when we don't want to take that next step. And so keep that in mind as we dig into the word this afternoon. This thought, the big idea is this, where can I serve? Where can I serve? serve. You know, today on the calendar is essentially, you know, back to church. Everyone's back from the holidays, times away in the sun. I hope you've had a great time. I hope many of you have recharged. I've seen wonderful photos. Maybe you've been out on a boat or you've been out in the sun or you've been taking trips or visiting family or friends or maybe you've hit golf courses or whatever you've been doing. I hope it was great and now you're ready to get to work. Because this year, I have to tell you, I'm excited for what uh, is going to happen in our uh, assembly, but we have to take next steps together. One of those things involves me taking off some hats and giving hats out 
okay? And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that too. So as we turn to Matthew 14, I want to encourage you to invite the Spirit of God into your space right now. Say, Holy Spirit, would you make these next steps that you have for me abundantly clear to me today? Just take a few moments as I do the same. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, as we look to your word, we thank you, Lord, as my brother has already exclaimed during worship, Father, that we desire to be molded and shaped by your living, enduring word. Holy Spirit, move in us. Speak to us. That even in this place, in this moment in time, that we will hear you loud and clear. We thank you for this time that we have together and for the word we're about to read in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew 14, uh, verse 22, it says this, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And he went into the night and he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves, because the wind was against them. And Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea very early in the morning. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught a hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Thank you, Lord. You know, at this point in scripture, maybe you're familiar with the story. The disciples were in need of a much needed R&R, a rest from the great ministry that they were involved in. And they had witnessed ashore. They had, they had saw Jesus working miracles of all different kinds, including feeding the 5,000, not once, but twice. And in fact, on that mountaintop, when Jesus was speaking, he invited his followers to feed the people, to meet the need in their midst. In chapter 14, verse 14, it says, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them and healed their sick. And when evening came, the disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted and it's already late Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. They don't need to go away, Jesus said. You give them something to eat. 
but we only have five loaves and two fish here, Lord. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And then he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate and was satisfied and they picked up 12 baskets full of leftover pieces. Now those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. You have to appreciate when the Lord speaks, there is always provision in what he asks you and what he calls you to do. He's never gonna leave you empty-handed at this point, following this incredible, just, if you can even fathom it, I'm honest with you, I cannot fathom this in exercise and in real time, you know, serving in ministry and being part of teams and serving at grand, you know, outdoor concerts. I can't wrap my head around this miracle. And yet it truly is supernatural. And I could imagine that the cleanup would have been so extensive, rightfully so, the disciples must have been exhausted. You've always heard the saying, leave the place better than the way you found it. Could you imagine if they left a bunch of stuff on the mountainside? I'm sure the county people wouldn't be too happy. So in the midst of this, they're exhausted. They're out in the boat and on top of it, they are battling the waves of a storm. And, you know, this can speak fairly to us that after coming out of a season of great ministry, the mountaintop experience, if you will, we can experience times of exhaustion. We've all been there. And so here they are. They're out in the, in the boat and the storm is, is coming. And it highlights how Jesus is not only in the storm with us, but he still calls to us in the storm to participate and to lean into his divine provision in the midst of the storm. Not just save me, Lord. Do everything for me, Lord. He's saying, come and walk on the water. Now, I appreciate as humans like us, they reacted in terror. How many times when Jesus calls you, you go, uh, me? You're calling me? Like Moses on the mountaintop. Uh, who am I? What should I say to Pharaoh? I will give you the words to speak. Well, who should I say is, is calling? <laughs> you say that I am that I am. You know, the disciples thought they were seeing a ghost on the water. But here it was again, Jesus doing Jesus things, demonstrating his power. And, and when you look at the story, and it's okay in this moment to, to set yourself in the scene, imagine the demonstration of this power of how it would dispel all the fear that you would have had up to that moment, maybe even the exhaustion, and fill with joy and celebration, like, oh my goodness, he's walking on water. That's new. Who is like our God? Nobody. Who is like the Lord? No, 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 nobody. There's one of those praise songs that remind us. I think the, the disciples were like a choir section being and singing while Jesus was like a ghost on the open water. And so he called out to them. He called out to Peter. Have courage. It is I. Have courage. It is I. You know, there's times when we have these next steps in our life that we can appreciate how the Lord by his spirit gives us courage to step. 
And what I, what I want you to take away here is when he says, have courage, it is I. This statement in the original language is the same as the saying on the mountaintop, I am that I am. I am who I am. Exodus 3.14, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Same words as reflected in Isaiah 41.4. Who has performed and done this great work, calling the generations from the beginning? I am the Lord, the first and with the last. I am he. And so out on this open water, no, it's not a ghost. It is Jesus Christ in the flesh saying, take courage. It is I. I am who I am is with you. Come and so Jesus arrived at the very needed, needed moment for their encouragement at the time they needed most. You know, I can't begin to tell you how many times at just the right moment, Jesus spoke to my heart. There'd be times where it would be as if I was hearing the voice of the Lord. I can see that I haven't heard the audible, distinct voice of God like the Charles Heston film. But I have sensed that strong indication what the Lord was speaking to me in next steps. And here in this moment when, when the Lord called out to the, the disciples, Peter was the only one who looked to him in faith. And so as he stepped out in faith, he said, Say, come, and I will come to you on the water. It provided an opportunity for Peter to share in the demonstration of the Lord's power. The Lord wants to call us, and when he calls us, he wants to demonstrate his wonder-working power in your midst. When you see someone that is put on your heart to pray for them, for healing or provision or breakthrough, he's there with you in the midst. So point number one, I'm going to keep the points a few today for sake of time, is in verses 28 through 31, we see the importance of learning and growing. You know, this stepping out, this encounter was also a time for them of learning and growing. You know, school was in session for Peter. And the other disciples, as they were watching from the boat, Peter was receiving on-the-job training, so to speak, to trust in that very call to trust him in his steps as he set out on that water. And what really spoke to me in looking at this story that just really just encouraged my heart here this afternoon is that we are meant to do ministry together. We're not to have our own motorboats, our own speedboats hitting the open water, doing whatever we want. We're meant to do this together, but we're supposed to do it on purpose. We're not just randomly, actively, randomly going about doing things. We're listening to that prompting and even still voice of the Lord. And so just as Peter was on this on-the-job training, so it is with us, isn't it? Each day is on-the-job Training as especially when we venture into something that is new to us. Look at here in verse 28. Jesus says, Come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. Those first initial steps are both the most exciting and the most difficult. Because you're venturing into something 
brand new. You know, as we call out to Jesus, come Lord, let me be your hands and your feet. All of us have said that in our places of ministry, eh, brother? We've said, Lord, we're gonna be your hands and feet on the ground. Use us. That when we call out to the Lord, when we make these declarations, Lord, I wanna serve you today, he's gonna say, all right, this is how you're gonna serve me. And as he, as he calls out to you and as you walk in those steps, it, some of those areas are going to feel a little brand new. But we need to persevere. But maybe we see waves arising or difficulties on the horizon. I wonder if that's Jesus calling. <laughs> For those of you watching online, we don't have the crowd mic on. There was a phone call that rang and it's okay. We'd like to have fun here. And so just as Peter called out to Jesus, I want, to, I want to emphasize with you this afternoon, it's important that we call out and ask the Lord, how can I serve you today? It might be important. You might want to answer it. How can I serve you today? This is a, a healthy next step in the household of faith. Think about this. When you're asking the question, where can I serve you have an incredible opportunity to make a lasting impact, not only in the surrounding community, but especially in the household of faith. Each of you that are here today are not here by accident. The Lord planted this work. Surely he put this on my heart and the hearts of the, the, the founding team. But each of you are here strategically. I believe this. Don't misunderstand me. That you have a part to play. And our next steps are dependent upon you getting out of the boat and stepping forward to serve. And we all have a part. And my role, as my, my brothers encourage me today, I do need to exercise encouragement and, a, and, a, and with a soft serving of rebuke. If you're not serving, get moving. If you're still in the boat and you're watching other people doing all the heavy lifting, get to it. Because you will be blessed as you step out of that boat. He's going to call us to, to serve in areas that are both exciting and challenging. But as we do it, we will make, you will make a difference. You know, sometimes when you make that decision to step out, it can be daunting. And I want to emphasize that on the other side. On the other hand, it is daunting. Peter exemplified for us here that when he stepped out, it said that he saw the strength of the wind and he was afraid and began to sink. But he did the right thing. He cried out, Lord, save me. He didn't wallow in or just let himself drown. He, he cried out to the Lord. That when we step out into this new, teria, uh, new territory, that when we call upon the Lord to serve, that he's also mighty to give us the strength to continue on keeping on. It's important to note, Peter had never walked on water before. This was new to him. When you try something new, it's uncomfortable. The very first time I ever preached a sermon, I was shaking in my boots. I was petrified and stupefied of the idea that God would call me to preach. I would run away in grade seven and eight when it came time to public speaking. I would like to tell you that I was one of the top five in elementary school that enjoyed public speaking and I was part of competitions and I won competitions. That was not true. I was the one in the back when the teacher would call and say, who wants to go first? 
Do you think I was first? No, I was last. I pleaded to be last. And maybe even worse off than that, I would pick the easiest assignment for that public speaking engagement. I went with what was familiar and comfortable. Now, I'm not saying you can't engage the things that are in your wheelhouse or what are comfortable, but sometimes the Lord is going to call you to do something that you didn't anticipate or you weren't ready for. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you are a speaker. Maybe the Lord has blessed you in that, but for this season, he's not calling you to that. Maybe he's calling you to set up tables. Maybe he's calling you to be part of our production team and helping set up backdrops and such. And I can give that encouragement. I can speak that because I'm right there with you. You know, on Sunday afternoons, after preparing and now even stepping on the drums and listening to the rehearsal mix and the track to try and not throw our team off in tempo, you know, I'm preparing for the message as rightfully so. It's part of my duty is discharging faithfully the duty of my ministry. And it's a joy and I appreciate it and I love it. But I come here around 12 o'clock noon because if I didn't, and Joyce can testify as a member of the United Church, there were, there'd be things that just wouldn't get done in time for the arrival of our uh, coming ministry team, our worship team and such, bringing stuff up from the basement, starting to set up cables and stuff. Because as you look around for a moment, just look and appreciate this for a second. Not, this is not a boasting. This is just a, a blessing that all of this happens. But it doesn't happen on a whim. It comes with determined preparation to say, you know what? Because there's some Sundays, I don't want to come early. I don't want to lug the big heavy stuff up from the basement. But it needs to be done. That's what the Lord has called me to. And so there's times as we venture out, it's never going to be easy. You know, there are some, and I'm going to rebuke that. There are some that say the things that you're called to, they're going to be easy. No. Nothing in life is ever easy. Do you think the ministry for Jesus was easy? Look at the crowds and the mocking, the insults, the spitting and the rage in the crowds on the midst of those who were hungry to hear his words. It's never, never easy. It's never easy. So there's learning and growing and that learning and growing, it's never easing, but we will blossom. Point number three is this, that we will not realize our true potential until we step out. You won't know what you're made of and what the Lord wants to do through you until you step out. Those steps won't be realized until you take that first step. Just imagine how Peter felt in that moment. He's excited. He's like, say, say the word, Lord, and I'll come out on the water. And he wasn't thinking. Like, he was crazy in a good way. And you just imagine him stepping out and that first step hits the open sea, and he doesn't sink. Wow. And he starts going. But it wasn't until he saw the waves. We're going to have similar moments. But I believe what we can take away here today, very practical, what we can learn from Peter and his encounter with Jesus in the very words of Christ to Peter is don't worry about that future goal and where you're hoping to be and where that destination that you want to be. Just focus on that next step. Don't be deterred by what's around you. Just focus on that next step. That's how you persevere in this life. You know, a part of HFT, our, our statement is to ignite hope and to see people thrive in their relationship with Jesus. Well, to thrive, you have to take that next step. 
very practically, when it comes to all this technology stuff, not, none of this came easy. There were times I remember when the live streaming thing became very popular in the church. I would spend time, and my brother can attest to it, because he put time in himself, even when he was working full-time as a physician. We would stay up to about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, learning the process. How does this work? What's the ins and outs of how this all comes together? And you know what was awesome? We were able to apply that to here and now with hope for today. There's a learning process in that next step. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 37, 23 says this, if you're taking notes. A person's steps are established by the Lord and he takes pleasure in his ways. Do you think that Jesus took pleasure when Peter stepped out of that boat? I would think like a good you know, Hollywood-like fashion. It, it, we can't even show, really uh, depict what Jesus felt, but I could just see him champing and celebrating, like, come on, Peter, keep going, Peter. In fact, Scripture says that the Lord Yahweh dances over you. He rejoices over you. So if he rejoices over you with the angels in heaven, when you give your life to him and you're saved from the depravity of your sin, do you not think he's celebrating and rejoicing when you take those next steps? When a week night and it's maybe you're tired from the day and you're slugging during the day with a wine and grind and there's a connect group going on, but you want to sit back and chillax and watch Netflix or maybe stream, but then you set out, that, set out on the car and you go and meet with the other men and women, he's cheering you on. And I know this can be tough, but I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a little bit here because I'm telling you right now, we will grow. But the growth comes through everyone taking those next steps. You know, we have, I'm going to put the ladies on the spot for a moment. We have a great ladies group Wednesday night. They're a fantastic group of ladies. And our desire with Hope for Today is to be a multi-generational church of all ages. But too often in the church... It's the veterans that are engaging and doing most of the work. And that involves connect groups and fellowship groups. So I'm, I'm calling out to you if, if you're going to allow me in that. Give me some grace for you to accept that invitation. If you can make it happen, if it, even if it seems daunting, just take that next step because I'm promising you this. It will be rewarding. The, the wisdom that you can obtain from coming to a connect group with, with the women and hearing from their wisdom of life experience in the faith, you will grow. You will learn. And you know what? You may not repeat the may, maybe very mistakes that they made at one point in life and time. You know, with the men, we have a fantastic time. I mean, men, if you're here, you can give me a little amen. Come on, yeah. <laughs> it's a great time. And we, we pour out our hearts. We, we lay things bare. We talk about the things that, you know, we need prayer for, the areas in which we want to grow and the areas in which we're struggling. But I got to tell you, the nights I walk away from that connect group, I'm encouraged and I'm enriched because of the time I put in there. I will guarantee you, because the word of God is living and active, it'll be more enriching in your time there from the Bible study than any series or show you ever watch. Don't miss this. I love movies. But I'm telling you, I am losing a taste for them. I'm having a hard time even watching 10 to 15 minutes of some of my favorite blockbuster hits. But I think that's on purpose. 
Because the season and then which we are in with myself helping give leadership to this is I have to hunger and thirst for the kingdom of God just as much as you are. So I want to encourage you this afternoon, whatever those goals that you're setting, whatever you feel the Lord is prompting you to, the things you want to achieve, it may seem long off, but just focus on that next step. Jesus said to Peter, have courage, it is I, it is I. I don't know if we have any readers in the house, but there's this uh, hit storybook, and there's also a short film called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse by Charlie um, Maxey, I think is how you say his last name. And I was watching this uh, short film the other day, anticipation of perhaps reading this book with my kids. But there was this saying in the short film and I thought, oh my goodness, how awesome in that speaking to us here this afternoon. This is how the story goes with, you know, the fox, the mole, the horse, and the boy. The boy is riding through this dense wooded area. And he comes in an area in all of its beauty to an area that it seems too dense to, to break through, to, to cross over through. And as the boy encounters this dense area, he speaks to his horse and just says out loud, I can't see a way through. And the horse says, can you see your next step? Yes, the boy replied then just take that. I thought, how timely the Lord can use all things in wrapping up and putting the you know, tidy bow, if you will, on today's message. I, I saw that and I read that statement. I thought, that is so true. Just like the interaction with Peter and Jesus. What the Lord is calling you to and might seem insurmountable, just take that next step. Not to overlook things, overthink things, but focus on that next step in faith. Because here's the truth. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. The proof is what, of what is unseen. If we don't venture into unknown territory believing that what we have faith in will be, it won't come to be unless we step out. And so like Peter who walked on water, experienced a supernatural faith, supernatural demonstration of the Lord in ordering his step, he is calling us all out of our boats. And so I say to you as I close here, what boat are you currently in? Because the Lord is calling you out. He's calling you out of that boat. In the coming weeks, I'm going to share some other personal stories and engagement and how this has spoken to me in areas in which the Lord led me and, and showed me this um, in real time. But I just want to encourage you in evolving those next steps. I truly meant it. Each one of you are strategically placed as part of this family, this assembly of faith. You're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. And the Lord is going to order your steps in the midst and we are about to grow and there will be explosive healthy growth because each of you are taking those steps. And so as you go here today and you go through your week and you put your hand to all the other things that the Lord is calling you to, remember this scripture, this nugget, tuck it away 
Philippians 1 verse 6, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your living word. Lord, the scene of Peter on that open water. You called out to him. You coached him even. Be courageous, it is I. Lord, we, we sense it so tangibly today, the leading and prompting of your spirit as you call us forward, as you call us out of our respective boats that we have established. Lord, we thank you for the places and phases and seasons that you have brought us through. And so now, Lord, we declare as we, as we say and as we affirm and as we mean, Lord, use me. Lord, I thank you for each person you strategically placed here. And Lord, you are awakening within them those seeds of ministry, giftings of your spirit that are about to manifest like a great wave that will overpower the waves of the enemy to go against those who speak against your name and against your will. But Lord, collectively, as we ride out on the open water together, Lord, you are with us. And that you who began a good work in us will bring it through to completion. In Jesus' mighty name, we love you, Lord. We love you. Inhabit us. Move through us. Have your way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. As the worship team prepares, Give them a few more moments. Part of those uh, next steps, I want to encourage you on our website, hopefortodaychurch.org slash next steps. There you will find each month featuring a need in the church. You'll also see needs that we'll become aware of in the community. And right then and there, you'll be able to see areas in which we need your help. And so that is a go-to place, not only for yourself, but also for those you're gonna come in contact with because the word says, right? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But you're not gonna be one of those people that are, are sitting back because you already, you're in the trenches, you're doing the work. And so I thank you for it. I thank you for it. And I agree with heaven that the Lord is dancing over you in all your next steps. And so let's worship together. Uh, Sue and worship team, uh, bro, would you lead us? Hallelujah. What a great word there, brother. Help you stand with us here. We're singing this one last year together, our Heavenly Father. Story was over. The stone was in place. The promise was buried. So is so seed for three days. Every demon
off here with our time we have here today, but may God bless you, be with you as you go, be his hands and feet. I hope you're encouraged here today just as I am here. So let's just say a, a word of prayer here as we leave. Thank you, Jesus, again for this place and this time we have together, your, this, these brothers and sisters in Christ. I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit continue to guide them, speak to them, be that still, small voice to give them direction. And may we be sensitive to your leading and your prompting, Lord. We pray this all in your holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. We'll see you next week, okay?